So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Episode 8 of Hosers. My name is Chris Killingsworth, and joining me as always is my co host, Carter Lupel. What's going on, Carter? How's it going, Chris? It's going well, man. Um, the sound quality of this episode will hopefully be better than it normally is because we're in the same room. <laughs> which that's only happened once. Uh, so, in our first episode, and then now our eighth episode, it's uh, about 9 30 or so on uh, Thursday night, and we're in Barrie together, which is awesome. Um, you got a big weekend coming up. Tell the listeners what you're up to. We're just off to uh, Tremblant to ski for the weekend with the, the fam and some uh, some other friends who want to tag along. Skiing, not snowboarding. Well, no, well, skiing and snowboarding. Like I, I snowboard. Oh, okay. Um, Kennedy skis and Chrissy snowboards. It's a, a mix of a bunch of stuff. There you go. Yeah. What's the other thing that you can do? What do you mean? What can I do? No, you can ski, you can snowboard, and then there's. It's like skiing, but there's no poles. Oh, snowblades? Snowblades. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we won't get into snowblading. If you snowblade, you were, like, definitely pick last your entire life, right? Yeah, if you snowbladed, you were an idiot. Okay, perfect. <laughs> now it's out in the open. Um, will you guys uh, go down uh, any hills on tubes? I uh, I don't think we'll be tubing. No tubing. <laughs> no, we're gonna we can go to uh, Snow Valley if we want to do that. Sounds good. Best tubing in all the land. Speaking of which, this episode is brought to you by Snow Valley. <laughs> Thank you for the sponsorship, Snow Valley. <laughs> well, uh, we'll send you a bill in the mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that's cool, man. I'm also going to Quebec on Monday. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to Gatineau. We're going to... The, Look at the bridge? <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to uh, the Nordic Spa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're signed up for a couple's massage. And if you guys have ever seen any adult videos, I'm pretty sure you know how that ends. <laughs> Happy ending for some... No, it's so stupid, dude, because I hate mas- getting massage. Like, I legit hate it. Um, I... Uh, have gone to like physiotherapy before and I've, I've gone to like, you know, to get a massage. Um, you know, it's, if you work for certain companies you can get it as part of your benefits package, which I have thankfully. Um, but it's stupid. Like I don't even enjoy it. I think I just do it because like as an adult, you're supposed to get massages once in a while to like, you know, make sure your body's functioning the way it's supposed to. So 
Carter and I are both going on vacation, so to speak, so we wanted to make sure we got an episode in tonight. Apologies for not having an episode last week. Um, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, and, you know, we wanted to make sure we had something for you this week. Um, oh. And also, like, what were we really going to talk about last week? So much stuff has transpired in the last week with the NHL trade deadline and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, we're excited to get started. Now, before we get into hockey, um, you know, as we've kind of come to do a little bit more frequently in, in more recent episodes, yeah, talking about music and stuff a little bit. Yeah. I need you to know that I am in like a really weird place right now musically where the only two groups I've listened to in over a week uh, are Peter Frampton and Dire Straits. That's all I've been listening to. (laughs) So it's weird because when I travel like to and from work, I listen to podcasts like constantly. But in that period of time from my car to the store I'm listening to like any number of songs and I thought that our intro music this week Money for Nothing Dire Straits some of you guys might know that song it's just such an amazing song and you said you had a story so I'll throw it to you and your story about uh, our boys in Dire Straits um, so Mark Knopfler and like the Dire Straits have always my my dad has always loved them like my dad played hockey I think we Spoke about it way back in the first episode huh, yeah. where my dad played. But he played, um, when he played in university, he played NC2A in upstate New York um, at a Div 1 school. And these bands would always go with, like, Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Pure Prairie League, Marshall Tucker, Dire Straits. Like, all of these, like, huge, like, southern rock bands of the 70s would come play, like, their little tavern bar because they could drink. And so they'd party them like crazy. And so... Um, my dad grew to love them and then like growing up and playing music and everything my dad was like oh you got to listen to Mark Knopfler like he he always he played with his fingers like he never played use a pick oh I didn't know that so he's a finger picker and then growing up I never used a pick yeah when I started playing like hardcore music I had to teach myself how to use a pick because I never used a pick before until I was like 21 and joined a hardcore (laughs) band that's crazy so like from grade six to when I was 21 I had never even like picked up a guitar pick yeah um but so back to my story with the dire straits when i was 16 so i i grew up in the royal conservatory like taking music lessons um the dire straits were coming to toronto to play um the then molson amphitheater and his opening band was the jackie green band and they like just full like down south like train hoppers pretty much and like his whole band but him didn't get over the border and like, like Mark Knopfler didn't get over the border? No, like the Jackie Green band. Oh, okay. Their whole band didn't get over the border. And um, so they reached out to a few music academies. Yeah. And they're like, we need session musicians to like fill in. And I got to fill in in the Jackie Green band that oh my op- God. opened up for Mark Knopfler when I was 15. Dude, 15 that's or 16. Sick. I forget what it was, but I was like cool as hell. Didn't like, didn't like milk it in for what it was like yeah. my dad got to come along and like meet dire straits and everything which was like he like hung out with them in university but like it was kind of like as they blew up to be what they are he got to like super fan and everything but um yeah it's one of those things that you look back at you're like oh i wish i would have taken more from it because i yeah. just thought i was cool because i got to play like in in this band for one night yeah but it was uh yeah that was one of my that's my dire straits story is i got to open for them one night that's sick man yeah, it's, it's weird because, like, obviously this is a hockey podcast and it will always be a hockey podcast. But for me, 
like some of the like you know minutia of life and, and and music is such a huge and important thing for you and I. Um, it's always fun to talk about it and like reminisce a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, hockey and, and music are, are probably like my two biggest passions. And having played in bands and um, you know really spending so much of my adolescent life, you know, playing in bands and touring a little bit and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's interesting that there's like this intersection almost for, for those two things in my life. And for and then me, we found each other <laughs> and then we found each other. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, for me, th- this song is like super like this song and like, uh, Sultans of swing and, yeah. and from that album, um, Want the Dobro floating in the clouds? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I know it's from uh, the records from '85. I think it's called Brother. It's Brothers. Brother of Arms or Brother in Arms. Or brothers in Arms. That's brothers I think what arms. it's called. Yeah. yeah. And my stepdad, when we were like when we were kids, my mom used to work like late um, at the uh, the dental office. My mom was a hygienist when we were growing up, and on Tuesday nights. It like picture perfect. Basically, in the winter time, my stepdad used to make us a rink out back. Um, and when we get home from school, we were able to go on the rink and like skate around and whatever and, and have some fun. And then when he got home, we had to like rush in and pretend that we were doing our homework, which we obviously weren't <laughs> doing. Then we got our homework done. And then, of course, when our homework was done, we could go back outside, but then he'd have us like flood the rink and like take care of the rink. And then when we'd come in on Tuesdays, we, he would basically blast music while we were eating dinner. And this song and like other, other like bands or like groups of this era, Canadian acts, like European acts, whatever we'd listen to. And this song for me, like always stuck out, um, not because of really like what it's about or like lyrical content or anything in particular. I mean, people who know the song know that it can be. You know, certain versions of it are very controversial. We won't get into that. <laughs> but what I will say is that, um, yeah, this song just like it reminds me of when I was a kid and like rushing home to get like go on the rink for a bit and like do my homework. And then, uh, yeah, I remember he always make like more or less the exact same thing every Tuesday night. So meatloaf with roasted mashed potatoes and cream corn. You guys didn't listen to Bad Out of Hell while he was making meatloaf? <laughs> no, but like, you know, we used to, but like his, his playlist, and I thought this was, would have been like in like the early 2000s, like late, late 90s. Yeah. They were like on CDs. So mm-hmm. he'd have like a couple of songs from like Dire Straits or like Peter Frampton, which I'll get into in a second, or like anything like that or like of that ilk. Um, and, you know, like April Wine and, you know, yeah. some of the more common stuff like ACDC, like Eric Clapton, like that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I always loved this song. And then recently, um, Robin and I were driving, we finished dinner or sorry, we finished breakfast one morning and her and I will, if we go out for breakfast in the morning, we'll drive out to Shanty Bay and uh, we just go for a drive. Those of you guys who don't know where Shanty Bay is, it's basically like this super, super ultra wealthy area just outside of Barrie where like the biggest houses you've ever seen in your life are. Like there's a house on the one street that's been for sale for like three years and it's $18 million. Yeah, no one can touch it. Like it's stupid. That's the one where the the, the guest house is bigger than like our yes, houses yeah, put together. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you can see it from the road sometimes. Yeah. So Robin and I were driving and I was like trying to find a music playlist and she always falls asleep on the drive. So it's really more for me to like take it in and listen to whatever I want to listen to. 
And I was showing her um, Do You Feel Like We Do by Peter Frampton, where he's using the voice box to, like, make the guitar talk. Yeah, bom, 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 yeah. Bom, yeah. Bom. And it's cool because, you know, she's, she'd never heard the song before. And, of course, when you're passionate about something, you, like, want to talk about it forever, as yeah. I am known to do once in a while. <laughs> and then today at work, I was listening to it, and I was showing some people I work with. I'm like, oh, you, you want to see some cool shit? This guy's going to make his guitar talk. And, of course, all the live versions of that song are, like, between 10 and 14 minutes long yeah and the crowd goes fucking nuts right before <laughs> he like starts to do like the, the talk stuff, box. The, the, or talk box yeah. yeah exactly and the crowd just goes mental and i'm like it's coming up watch this and then he does it it sounds so cool I'm sure you would agree with me on that oh right? yeah well so this summer I got to work with the Leafs or like this past summer um, like I got to work with it like the Leafs are part of an organization called MLSE um, and I worked in the music side of MLSE um, and I got to go to like every concert like I went to over 70 concerts this summer um, like throughout the four months and Frampton rips like we we saw like Fleetwood Mac and Leonard Skinner and Alice Cooper and like all of these like old acts and they're like it's it's kind of like tough watching old acts grow mm-hmm. like they're not the same like you remember them like from your childhood because your dad used to blare them and then when you see them live on stage you're like oh fuck that sucks well it's just different right like we have Casino Rama like so close by yeah. for those of you guys who don't know um, and Casino Rama is, you know, about what thirty minutes or so north yeah. of Barry, just outside of Aurelia, and that's where all the old acts go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom was telling me she saw Casey and the Sunshine Band there. Yeah, um, that would have been sick. She said it was awful. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, she because like when we were kids, my mom loves Casey and the Sunshine Band, and I just remember like listening to it as a kid, driving around in her. Uh, Hyundai uh, accent that she had when we were kids. And do you, do you know Casey and Sunshine? Yeah. So, like, when I was a kid, I'm Your Boogeyman. Love that song. <laughs> also, like, I wanna put on my, 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 my boogie shoes. You know that song? <laughs> that song's sick. And anyways, my mom said that when she saw Casey and the Sunshine Band, he was, like, very, like, overly sexual, but, like, older. Yeah. So it was just kind of awkward. Like watching Steven Tyler like roll around stage. Like it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't have the same lasting impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like to kind of bring it around, Frampton, he rips still. He he holds up. Yeah, I believe it, man. And like every song is his. Like every hit, you'd be like, holy shit, that was Peter Frampton's song. Like yeah, he's so good. But yeah. So good. Yeah. No, it's good. So, anyways. Um, one, one quick final story on seeing like older musical groups. And I told you this story when we drove to hockey a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, my mom and my stepdad, they love April wine. If you're a Canadian, you love April wine. As far as I'm concerned, you're not a fan. 
No. Not even a little bit? I think because I've seen them play Barry 50 times every New Year's in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's kind of their shtick, right? <laughs> so I remember my mom calling me and uh, she said, you know, um, she was a, a prof at Georgian College in town here for quite a long time and still is, and said to me, um, hey, uh, April Wine is coming to Georgian College. Do you want to go and see them? And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I love April Wine. Like, why wouldn't we go and see them? She's like, yeah, I'll get the tickets. Don't worry about it. And my mom ended up buying, like, 10 tickets to go see (laughs) April Wine. So we went to the school's, like, auditorium and saw April Wine rip it up in an auditorium. Uh, and it was like some of the most fun I've ever had, but it was weird because it was just like in an auditorium, like a, not a gym auditorium. In a performance theater. Yeah, like in a performance theater. Exactly. So, uh, anyways, just, it's weird, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool at the same time. So anyways, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. Um, so we got the trade deadline that just took place, um, this past Monday, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was like a quieter trade deadline, like some some fairly big pieces moved. If you consider like the Ryan McDonough trade with yeah. JT Miller uh, off to Tampa Bay. Um, but I think there was like a bit of hype. The hype train was was definitely there um, as far as, you know, whether or not Carlson or Pacioretty were going to get moved. So maybe we can start with the deals that didn't happen and then we can move into our, our winners and losers of... Uh, of the trade deadline. So we'll, we'll move through that. So, um, starting first, it was rumored or reported for a while. And I know we talk about the Ottawa senators at nausea, uh, you know, from episode to episode, but we talked about it last episode a little bit about what was going on with Eric Carlson since their, uh, winter classic game and the comments that Eugene Melnick made, there's obviously been some tension uh, and some problems um, in that organization. And then over the last couple of weeks, these stories just like started to come out. Um, they were talking about the, uh, I, I don't know if it was a players only meeting or, or what the circumstance was, but uh, GM Pierre Dorian went into the room, uh, and was trying trying to talk to them and they just turned the music up, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I felt I've seen that happen. Our hockey team does that to us once in a while, yeah, for fuck's which sense. is not a good feeling. Um, and, and then it was reported from some random guy. I don't even know if you could say reported because I think that the report was kind of unsubstantiated <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Something about Melnick getting after Carlson for Carlson using the comp or the company or, or the, the team's credit card to pay a $350 Uber bill. Did you see this shit? Oh my goodness. So yeah. I, I think that, but, but true or not true, I'm leaning probably more on the side of being untrue. Um, these are things that obviously like propel rumors further and further. Absolutely. Right? Um, so, you know, three o'clock came and went. Carlson is still an Ottawa senator. Yeah. Uh, in the last week or so, there's been some dialogue around him coming out and saying that, you know, he loves Ottawa and that maybe he will stay. He wasn't like really showing his cards cards around, you know, whether or not he would sign an extension or not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting to see that, you know, we're, we're maybe at a place now where there's a chance that, that Carlson stays. What, what were your kind of takeaways of that whole situation? Yeah, like, I felt like the train left the station and then got lost in the track somewhere. Like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it was a really weird, weird thing, I guess, because, like, I don't know, Ottawa kind of has that, like, tendency to push push their big guys away. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, 
why would like Carlson all he's done is like grow with the organization so it's weird to see like things like that kind of go about um and just like the things surrounding it like they built it up so much like you thought for sure something was going to happen like as soon as they started talking about like him going to the sharks or or the uh or the golden knights like coming in and like putting in serious offers on him like that's just like dangling the the donut in front of our face and yeah like it's i don't know it was a really weird like and I've never seen something like that before. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, I don't know how I feel about it. Like it was, I think that's like the kind of the attitude I got from the whole trade deadline is that like, oh, we're going to hype this up huge. Just you wait and see. Yeah. So you can watch 12 hours of it on TSN and Sportsnet. <laughs> <laughs> of absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird too. Cause I feel like. It is a spectacle, mm-hmm. and you know what? Um, we do this little podcast, and, and we have a hell of a time with it, but imagine you were on for 12 hours, and you were just waiting for things to trickle in. Like, you'd go crazy. And, you know, kudos to Sportsnet and TSN for the spectacle that is the trade deadline. Well, when De- we went to Puck Talks, and Duffy was like, yeah. I fucking hate trade deadline yeah. day. Duffy's interesting. I've, I've met him a few times through work, um, and he is, like, probably the nicest person you will ever meet yeah um and it's funny because every time i see him i always like ask him stories about trade deadline and like what that like looks like and what it feels like and he's always been super transparent but i feel as if you know if the trade deadline coverage started at like 11 o'clock and not eight o'clock you know give these people you know time to wake up yeah or (laughs) or, you know just like you know the coverage doesn't need to be you know quite that long maybe no they can do a recap for an hour and like you'd get way more viewership yeah it's it's interesting or you know on the other side of it you know it obviously view like the the, the people that are watching it um are watching it which is why they continue to do it this way but you know, I, I've seen it proposed that it'd be interesting and it would never happen ever. But if TSN and Sportsnet were to do a broadcast together for the sake of putting like all of the insiders. We need from, like a bomb drop sound. Yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, I think it could be cool. Right. But of course, like it would, it would just never happen. Even though Rogers and Bell play nicely in other areas of their business, there's no real reason for them to do it that yeah, way. Absolutely. But um, yeah, as far as Carlson goes, like we're going to dig into that a little bit more in our next episode. We've got uh, two of our friends who live in Ottawa, big Senators fans, uh, our friends Andrew Narraway and Chris Forsyth uh, on our next episode where we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the Sens um, and, and see where we land on that. So we won't get into the Carlson stuff too, too much, although I will say that um, something that felt compelling for me, at least, was if Eric Carlson were to go to uh, the Golden Knights and they were to bring the Bobby Ryan contract with them, yeah. I felt that that would have been a good way to get Bobby Ryan's salary off the books. Oh, absolutely. And then I was listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast on my way home from work this evening, and uh, either Jeff Merrick or Elliot Friedman made a comment about um, what it would have looked like if the Golden Knights had then flipped Eric Carlson for assets to recoup assets after their playoff run yeah. or like in the season before the trade or the uh, the draft. So anyways, all fascinating. Just like a way around getting a rental player. Like yeah, yeah, and, and just because they would get the Bobby Ryan contract, but again, you don't know really what it looks like if they were to intend on flipping Carlson. Like, would they have taken the Bobby Ryan contract for, you know, the rest of the year for Carlson yeah. as a rental? I don't really know. And you got to think, is Carlson worth that much, like, 
as a Golden Knight for six weeks yeah, well, in the offseason. It was rumored, like one of the reports had said that it was two first-round picks, one of their top prospects. Some people th- consider that to be like Mary, uh, maybe Eric Brandstrom, who was uh, one of their first-round picks this past um, yeah. draft. Really impressive defenseman. Funny because he's almost like Eric Carlson light. Left-hand shot, obviously. There's there's some differences in the game, but um, and then uh, you know pieces going back the other way. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. I think the one that I thought was most interesting as far as that went was Pacioretty. Um, I think everybody was in cahoots after uh, the Saturday night uh, headlines on Hockey Night in Canada that Pacioretty was going to get moved, yeah. and it just didn't really happen. Montreal made some smaller deals and then the, the Placanich deal, which was a significant one for the Maple Leafs. But, uh, you know, as, as a Habs fan, like what's, what's your kind of take on Pacioretty being moved? And, and do you think that he can, uh, you know, come back next season and, you know, continue to be a, a leader for that team and, and can continue to stay with the Habs at this point? Well, I think he needs to, like, with what they've seen with people dropping out of the roster, like, I think they need some sort of consistency, um, especially with Planik moving. So, I don't know, I, I think he's, if, who knows, like, Carey Price is still under indefinite, Weber's out, um, and then, like, Placanic's gone, you got to think of, like, who their long standers are that are going to be left to, like, kind of help show them some guidance. So, I hope he'll continue to play a significant role. Like I was like, as soon as everyone started dropping out, I was like, well, he can't go to like, yeah, well, and it was reported that he might end up at a, in like a couple of weird markets. Apparently like Florida was one of the top contenders and it was a team that he would have accepted as, yeah. as a part of his like trade clause. Well, that Montreal he has. Or Florida, like yeah. But it just, and, and also the relationship that the, that the GMs have between yeah. Montreal uh, with Dale Talon and Mark Bergevin in Montreal. So, so that's it. Like he, he does have the opportunity to play like a significant role in Montreal mm-hmm. and offer like a bit more than he would to just get traded and lost in a system elsewhere mm-hmm. because he's not going to be like, he's not going to be worth his weight if he moves out of the organization just with how much he's invested in, in Montreal. Yeah. And I think arguably part of the argument is that if he was to be put in, in a position where he could be successful as a goal scorer, pure sniper goal scorer that yeah. he is, you know, and, and not had to worry about the captaincy, not had to worry about the media, not have to worry about ownership and, and of course, like some of the more bizarre moves that Mark Bergevin's made in the past few years. Yeah. And could just do his thing and do it really well. Like, could that, you know, could, could we see almost like a Phil Kessel type scenario where you see Kessel just you know, cleaning up since he got traded from the Leafs to the Penguins yeah. because he's not the guy. They already have the guy in Crosby, in Malkin, in Latang, in yeah. Flurry. When Flurry was there, obviously, that Kessel didn't have to be the guy all the time. Yeah, and he's starting to be the guy again. With yeah, that chamber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love the chamber. But do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, no, if, 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 not a reduced rule, but like if he were to go to a place like, well, just let him spread his wings Panthers, a bit more. Like, yeah. let him be a bit more creative. I guess. Like, I never thought of that. Or like, just give him a fucking center that can help him. Yeah, like drive <laughs> offensive play, which has been a challenge for this team, as we know. Right? Yeah. Well, for those that are just tuning in, like I'm a tried and true Habs fan. Like my dad's dad was, my dad was, I am. Like that's, and so, and I'm sure you guys all are with hockey as hockey fans. You let your nostalgia blind your um, 
your, I guess, view of the game sometimes. And as a fan of the game, I never even thought of him actually spreading his wings like that because I was so, like, blinded by, like, well, what's going to happen, like, to the Canadians? Like, yeah. they're already a tire fire. Like, why should I be worried about what happens to them this year? Yeah. Like, I should be, like, okay, if you can go succeed elsewhere, fly. Like, if... Sorry, that I was like secretly crumpling my Tim Hortons wrapper. Very not secretly doing. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had a butter tart before we started recording. Not with raisins though, because I'm not sick. But um, but yeah, no, I, I let my uh, my Montreal fandom get in the way of my hockey sense, and I didn't even think of that. Like he definitely deserves a place where he can flourish, but you have to wonder which is the lesser of the evils, right? Him sticking with the Montreal organization or him going somewhere completely different and having to start again especially like with his age and everything yeah I mean he's I think he's 29 I believe so he's you know probably got you know one big ish contract left he's on a very team friendly deal at about 4.5 million Um, you know lots of teams could fit that type of talent in you just wonder you know how that all you know layers in right Mm -hmm. so It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, a couple of the rumored destinations for him were Florida and Minnesota, and it's believed um, as per a couple of different sources here that the asking price was Charlie Coyle, a young centerman in the Minnesota system, big boy. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd like him as much as a guy like Vincent Trocek, who apparently was, um, you know, asked for uh in the patch type trade right yeah um and then there was the rumor of him going to la which would have been Sick. super interesting yeah which was maybe uh to Foley, um also looking at a guy like gabe velarde which was uh los angeles first round pick last year big centerman who's playing for the windsor spitfires or no he got traded i think he's playing somewhere else right now oh really i think he's playing for kingston I believe, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Wait, what's worse, Kingston or Windsor? <laughs> I like Kingston. Oh, really? Kingston's yeah. nice. It's just so out of the way. It is, but like, I don't know. I don't mind Kingston. Yeah, they got they got the armed forces, the penitentiary. Yeah, stop by, say hello to... Um, I'm not even going to make that joke. I can't even think of who's in the Kingston pen right now. <laughs> I know a few people, but let's not get into that. Um, moving on. The other thing that we wanted to, you know, kind of touch on a little bit here was um, some of the trades and just going through winners and losers. And we'll we'll go through that right now. Sound good? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so let's start, like, I guess where a lot of the trade deadline stuff really started to take off, for me at least, uh, the trade of most significance which we covered on our last episode because we recorded that on uh on valentine's day was the dion finuf trade so we already talked about that but that's for me where the trading kind of started and we'll take it from there all the way through so the next trade that uh happened uh which is devastating because i love nikita soshnikov but soshnikov uh went to the st louis blues um for a fourth round pick yeah, for a bag of bucks, pretty much. Yeah. Um, who's the winner and loser for you on that trade? Oh, the Blues won huge. Yeah. Like, it's... I text Chris that morning, like, with a sad face. I was like, your boy's gone. Yeah. I uh, I love Soshnikov, and it sucks because we didn't get to see him play very much. But, uh, you know, that was... 
definitely part of it. It's a bummer because Soshnikov was one of my favorite Marlies to watch, and, and we used to go down to see the Marlies play quite a bit, um, especially when Nylander and Hyman and Brown, <laughs> you know, current Maple Leafs were playing for the Marlies. Yeah. Um, but a fourth-round pick, you know, there's some some pieces available in the fourth round, so we'll just have to see. And, and knowing the depth at forward for the Leafs, you know, um, you know, it wasn't going to happen for him. So no. unanimously, St. Louis wins that trade. Oh, and what a what a team to go to at like such a perfect time. Like I think he that's that's like going to be such a play for him. I would disagree with that, but we'll Why? get to it. Be- well, we don't know where St. Louis is, right? With the trade with Peter Stashny getting traded to Winnipeg, which we'll get in a few minutes. Yeah, like what are they doing? I don't know what they're doing, but they're like, like unless they think they can contend without a, a, a player of that ilk. Yeah, I'm well, so they sure. they j- just given like the their front half of the season, like they're obviously doing something right. Well, they were going to the trade deadline. They were six. They lost six games in a row. So yeah, you just wonder where. I'm just saying they they were an organization that had a lot of heat. Yes. Like, oh, like tremendous. Coming One of the out best of the blue beat. lines in the league. And so I just think, like, as a young player, this is an organization that maybe is going to be a good one for him to step into. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, The next trade was um, Vili Paca or Poca. I think it's Paca. No, probably Poca. Let's go with Like the music. (laughs) Uh, And he got traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Ottawa Senators. And going back the other way was uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Chris DiDomenico. Um, Chris DiDomenico... Yeah, name I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A guy I know who floated around in Europe for a while, and I know he was kind of a depth uh, addition to the Senators this past year. Uh, Vili Paca, I actually really like him. Yeah. Um, he, the defensive depth with uh, Chicago, I actually thought he was going to make Chicago's team this year, and, and he didn't end up doing it. Uh, but he's also getting older, so it's kind of like... Uh, can you do this? Yeah. Like, let's see Should you get do off something. The yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, above the age of, I would say, of a, of a prospect in air quotes. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, um, I think Ottawa wins that deal. Just I feel like Paca uh, has got a higher upside. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, you're on the same page with that. Yeah. And then the next trade involving Chicago and Washington. Uh, Washington acquires Michael Kempney from the Chicago Blackhawks for a third round pick. Third round pick, Magic Beans. You know, you might get somebody good, you might not. Um, Washington, it was evident that they were trying to um, just have a little bit more depth on their blue line. Yeah, absolutely. Chicago, I feel like Chicago is retooling. Um, I can't see a situation where they make it into the playoffs this year. Like, it's not going to happen. First Detroit, then Chicago. Yeah, (laughs) and and I feel like Chicago would do well by selling, you know, on some of these guys that, you know, aren't in their long-term plans. So for me, um, I feel like Chicago wins that pick uh, or that trade. And it also happened on my birthday. So I woke up that morning and and got that trade. (laughs) the next one, this is a pretty interesting one. I wish uh, we had Thomas sitting beside us to talk about uh, the Flyers acquiring Peter Mrazek for a conditional fourth round pick and a conditional third round pick from Detroit. It was pretty clear, like Mrazek was left open on the um, as a as a piece that Vegas could have taken in the expansion draft. So it's been talked about and bandied about for a while that the uh, Red Wings were maybe not interested in keeping Mrazek long-term and, and that Jimmy Howard is, is probably going to be their goalie unless they, you know, pick somebody up in the free agent market. Um, 
I like the gamble. I really yeah. do. Like for a for a conditional picks, like we've seen Peter Mrazek play really well, and we've seen him play not so well, evidently. Um, but for a back end and a goalies. Philadelphia has had so much trouble keeping their goalies healthy this year. Yeah, um, I, I like that. Uh, I like that tandem. Do you like Preeti Mrazek uh, in this move? I, I haven't watched much of him this year, to be completely honest. Yeah, like I can't. I can't weigh in like too heavily on that one. Yeah, that's okay. All good. So we're both in cahoots. Then the Philly won the trade. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. You just agree with me on this one. Okay. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, the next one is Nick Holden getting traded from the uh, New York Rangers to the Boston Bruins. And going back the other way was Rob O'Gara, a defensive prospect in the Bruins system and a third-round pick. Nick Holden is an awful hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that the uh, the Rangers win this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't need Nick Holden. No, you don't. You just don't need him. <laughs> How old is Holden now, anyways? Uh, he's not super old. It's just he's like a third pairing guy, uh, like a prototypical quote unquote shutdown defenseman. But he can't skate well enough, in yeah. my estimation, uh, t- to really do that role. You know, um, absolutely, yeah, and be effective at it. Um, so yeah, New York wins this one. Uh, the next one, Eric Fair to the uh, San Jose Sharks from the Maple Leafs. This one was surprising because Eric Fair has been, uh, he got traded to the Leafs last trade deadline for Frankie Corrado, RIP. Um, the thing I find the most interesting about this is Eric Fair was actually on loan from the Toronto Maple Leaf organization uh, to the San Diego Gulls, which is, oh, really? uh, it's Anaheim's farm team. Yeah. So you'd think that and, and he did fairly well, all things considered, yeah. playing in the AHL for their affiliate. It's pretty funny that he ends up going to San Jose <laughs> uh, and likely playing with the Barracuda, I would imagine, if he doesn't stay with the big squad yeah. and is in that AHL division. Yeah. So it's like the the Western, like the California division that they have. I thought that trade was super weird, but I yeah. like Eric Fair. I think for like a depth centerman, um, if San Jose needs that, which evidently they do with Joe Thornton being out, yeah. um, I feel like it it makes sense. You want to weigh on that? No, that makes total sense. Yeah. It's cool. just th- those like, those minor deal plays always like weird me out. They're like, that's their team's big move. Yeah. Like, well, San Jose made some bigger moves, but I think for the Leafs, uh, seventh round pick... Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, the next one, Montreal offloading uh, Jakob Yerebeck to Washington Capitals. Again, another move similar to the one um, that they made with Chicago. It was for a fifth-round pick, and Washington gets a little bit more defensive depth, Yeah, which I think is decent. Uh, for me, I don't know if anybody wins that trade. No, um, like Washington just gets that. Like, they're Washington's such a forward-facing team. Like, anything that you can, like, stack on the blue line will help. Like For a fifth-round pick, yeah. I feel like you can't really go no, wrong. No, absolutely it's, not. It's a pretty, like, low-risk move. Yeah. Uh, this was an interesting move. Um, our, I was texting our friend Tim Waugh, uh, Arizona Coyotes super fan, about this move. So it was Darcy Kemper getting traded from the LA Kings to the Arizona Coyotes, and then Scott Wedgwood and Tobias Reeder going the other way. 
This was an interesting move because Scott Wedgwood shortly after went on waivers and ended up clearing. So he's playing for the Ontario Reign, which is uh, LA's farm team. And Darcy Kemper signs an extension with Arizona a couple of days later. (laughs) So to me, it feels as if they're unsure of whether or not they're going to be able to keep anti-Ranta. And if Darcy Kemper is just kind of their backup plan. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know that like I don't know, there's a lot of moving parts. Like it, yeah, well, you're make you're almost like making an assumption that Auntie Ranta, after having a fucking miserable year with the Coyotes, yeah, and they they like there were some pretty big pieces that went the other way when that trade happened when he got traded from the Rangers, right? Yeah. So Darcy Kemper's a big goalie. He was pretty highly touted when he was in Minnesota's system. Um, he was a backup goalie for LA this year. Obviously, he's not gonna, you know, take over the starting job in LA with Jonathan Quick <laughs> there. But um, for me, like I like Tobias Reader. Like yeah. I think he's a really fast player, and I, I got a bit of a scouting report from Tim Waugh that night where he was basically like, like he's fast, but like he's got the Michael Grabner syndrome where he's fast but can't <laughs> score. Yeah. Um, which is not entirely fair to Grabner, but having had him on the Maple Leafs where he would get like eight breakaways a game and couldn't pot it in the fucking net just kills me. So anyways, I won't get too bummed about that, but I feel like um, Arizona takes a bit of a gamble on Kemper. I like Kemper. Yeah. I think it could be interesting. Uh, the next trade was uh, Florida Panthers acquiring uh, Frank Vitrano from the Boston Bruins. I'm going to keep this like shortened to the point. I love Frank Vitrano. I think he will do really, really well for the Panthers. The Panthers have made some really boneheaded moves with yeah. their forward depth. Um, Marcheseau and Riley Smith come to mind for me. <laughs> so I feel like this is an opportunity for them to build. Uh, Vitrano, you know, they're getting a third-round pick, so Boston's going to stock up uh, on a few picks um, this coming draft yeah. um, after, you know, giving a few away also. Uh, but I feel like Florida wins that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the next one was your boy, Michael Grabner, uh, <laughs> getting traded from the New York Rangers to the Devils, which yeah. is weird because you don't typically see moves like that happen. And, and we saw a couple of them where like arch rivals were trading, you know, yeah. not only like inner, um, inner conference, but, you know, like divisional rivals as well. I like this deal for the for the Devils. Yeah. Um, Grabner's numbers are a bit deceiving. Um, he's scored a lot of goals uh, on open nets this year because he's so quick. few shorthanded goals as well. Um, I think the big piece here for the Rangers um, is a Russian defenseman who's playing in the, K- uh, the KHL right now, Igor Rykov. And then they also got a second round pick. And yeah. you know second round picks um, in, aren't too bad. Yeah, and in deeper drafts. Yeah. You know, not a bad idea. I feel like the Rangers win this. Yeah. Uh, because apparently this defensive prospect is really good um, in a second round pick. Michael Grabner is like your definition of a guy who is like a trade deadline acquisition to see, <laughs> you know, what you can do with them. I feel like he doesn't stay in the Devils organization. No, I don't think so. so I feel like the Rangers take it there. This is where it gets a little muddy. Um, you saw the trade with Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and then the Golden Knights came in as well um, for Eric Broussard, or sorry, uh, Derek Broussard's contract. Yeah, that I was a bit confused with that one. So I'll break it down yeah. as best as I can. You basically have Derek Broussard getting traded from Ottawa to the Golden Knights, 
and then Vegas was retaining 40% of Derek Broussard's salary um, in the Penguins acquisition of Broussard. So basically, Broussard went from the Penguins to the Golden Knights and then, or sorry, from Ottawa to the Golden Knights to the Penguins. Okay. And for their trouble, the Golden Knights acquired forward Ryan Reeves in a fourth round pick, which was originally Vancouver's. Yeah. And Tobias Lindbergh, who was a originally a Ottawa draft pick, then got traded to the Leafs, then got traded to uh, the Las Vegas Golden, Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Golden. Golden. Uh, and then now he ends up in Pittsburgh system. Okay, perfect. Some other pieces that moved. Vincent Dunn, not to be uh, confused with Vince Dunn, the St. Louis prospect. <laughs> Some other guy, Vincent Dunn, goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a third-round pick that goes to Pittsburgh. And then Ottawa, in my opinion, cleans up here. Uh, they got Ian Cole, who they ended up flipping for a third-round pick, which yeah. we'll get to. They got Philip Gustafsson, who is a uh, goaltending prospect in Sweden, uh, second-round pick from uh, the Penguins last year, the year before that, a highly, highly, highly touted uh, goaltending prospect in Sweden. They get a first-round pick um, and a 2019 third-round pick. So do you know where Ottawa's first round pick is for this year? No idea. Colorado has it. Oh, wow. So remember well, they, from they the Duchesne deal, right? <laughs> yeah. So now Ottawa is getting their first round pick, basically. Oh, nice. So now they have a first round pick when they should probably have a few more than that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? That was a lot. I know. Um, I feel bad for Colorado. <laughs> that... Why do you feel bad for Colorado? They take the pick back from Colorado? No, they can't. Colorado has Ottawa's pick. Oh, okay. And with Ottawa being so bad, yeah. now they only have the Penguins' first-round pick. Oh, fuck. Which is probably going to be, like, late first round. Yeah. But what do you think about Derek Broussard, who is playing uh, in the top six for Ottawa, becoming uh, the third-line center for the Penguins? Well, it's a place where he can play and not be relied on like in Ottawa like like he was in Ottawa yeah like this has been a big year for players who have been carrying weight that they're not supposed to be carrying Mm -hmm. and then getting unloaded in organizations where they're thriving yeah so it's hard to say whether he'll get lost in the system or he's gonna like outshine like his abilities by just getting some of the weight lifted off of his off of his shoulders so yeah I think he's gonna hopefully have some fun like it's a it's a good organization to get up and go to um it must be nice to get out of the pressure cooker in ottawa yeah um so i i think he gets the win for that one for sure yeah and the center depth pretty impressive in pittsburgh um (laughs) to go from being you know a guy that was to your point relied upon so heavily in ottawa um to now being the third line center and having malkin and crosby ahead of you in the depth chart yeah like getting to play with that type of talent like it's gonna make anybody want to be better you know exactly exactly so interesting to see what happens pittsburgh freaks me out always but uh especially with Derek broussard but i do feel like uh gustafson is the goalie of ottawa's future oh absolutely Um, so i feel like you know give a little to get a little yeah 
The next trade, real quick one, Brandon Davidson, uh, who was put on waivers earlier this year, gets dealt to the New York Islanders as almost like a depth kind of move. Oilers get a third-round pick. I'm going to go with the Oilers on yeah, this one. Absolutely. Oilers need picks, yeah. so I'm going to go with the Oilers on this one. Absolutely, just to help. You know, I say rebuild. That's not what I mean, but yeah. help just get a few more prospects in the system. <laughs> Maybe take a log <laughs> off the fire. <laughs> yeah, and I think Braden Davidson just – or sorry, uh, Brandon Davidson gives them a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of depth uh, on yeah. New York's blue line. Um, so here's, here's the one that you were excited to talk about, and that's Rick Nash getting dealt from the New York Rangers to the uh, Boston Bruins. So this is a, a bit of a busy trade. Yeah. So New York gets Boston's first rounder. They get Ryan Spooner. They get our boy, Matt Bolesky. They get uh, defensive prospect Ryan Lindgren and a seventh round pick. Let's let's dig up, dig around this particular trade. <laughs> what were your initial thoughts and, and what was your reaction to it? That's a lot of motion for Rick Nash. Yeah, but big time. Um, I don't know. Rick Nash has always—he's always been like the, like a sleeping giant for me. Yeah. Like sometimes you hear about him, sometimes you don't. But when you do hear about him, it's always big things. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into the Boston ecosystem. Um, but it's also—it's going to be nice to see like Bolesky playing again. Yeah, like, I mean, it'll be. I think he'll be a piece that's probably needed. Yeah. Uh, in the Rangers system right now, just based on the young talent, maybe not wanting to call those guys up from um, Hartford. Yeah. So that's a piece of it. For me, I feel like uh, I think New York far and away won this trade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like Rick Nash, but Nick, Nick Nash, Rick Nash, <laughs> Nick <is> Rash, <laughs> Nick Rash. Yeah. He's not the player that he used to be. Um, no. I don't think he's going to be, well, he's on the decline. Like, yeah, he'll, I think he'll put up some secondary scoring and things like that. He'll have some time on the power play and things like that. Yeah. What was really disappointing for me is that Boston's giving up Ryan Spooner. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Ryan Spooner, um, is, is projected to, uh, you know, based on the games played and a couple of other things, uh, to just be overall a better performing player than Rick Nash. Yeah. Ryan Spooner is like your prototypical playmaker, yeah. where Rick Nash is kind of always been a shoot first, ask questions later type player. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they got uh, a good one. The Rangers got a good one oh, uh, yeah. in Ryan Spooner. Uh, Ryan Lindgren decent defensive prospect yeah i think what they like about this is a first round pick as well getting boston's first round pick oh yeah uh which will probably be a pretty decent pick because the leafs are going to beat the bruins in the first round so you should probably feel pretty good about that it, it well I'm, I'm excited from this i'm excited to see what new york does next year absolutely like it's be interesting to see what that lineup looks like yeah um you know matt zuccarello stayed um but obviously a lot of moving pieces and we'll get to that in a few minutes uh, the one kind of of note trade for you and I, uh, Thomas Placanic gets traded um, with Kyle Bond. Uh, he gets traded, or they get traded from the Montreal Canadiens, and then the Habs uh, the other way are getting uh, forward prospect Kirby Reichel, which is a former first round pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and then third round pick of the Maple Leafs from a few years ago, Renat Valiev, and. Probably the bigger piece here is the second round pick. Yeah. What do you think? It's not really like that much for those two bodies. Like it's, I feel like they got him for a bag of pucks. Yeah, I mean for Placanic, like 
I'm legit psyched because yeah. I know that he's a great two-way forward and the Leafs could really benefit from that on the third and fourth line. Yeah. Um, you know, top penalty killer kind of guy, which which we're really excited about. Kyle Bond, yeah. he's going to be a Marley. Like, I, I don't really don't see him having much of a future in the NHL no. despite his rich Maple Leaf roots with his grandfather. But Kirby Reichel, like, I like Kirby Reichel a lot. Um, I was almost expecting that if the Leafs were to move on from James Van Riemsdyk, that Kirby Reichel would be a fill-in for JVR. Yeah. And then Renat Valiev um, was pretty high. Like, I thought the Leafs were pretty high on him. He got called up a few times in the last few years. Yeah. But I think for the Habs, they're getting a second-round pick. Which is what they need. And... Maybe a controversial opinion, but I feel like the Canadians win this trade because there's no way Plokanich is going to sign with the Leafs uh, next year. Like, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. There's no way that he's not going to go back to Montreal to play his 1,000th game next year. Well, maybe it was just... I, I, I took it as a maturity move for the playoffs. Yeah. Like, with adding Marlowe to the lineup and, like, getting Plokanich as well. Yeah. They're just looking for some sort of maturity, like, to kind of help them through their their playoff run this year absolutely so it'll be good um i think thomas placanic was exactly what the leafs needed um from a uh more kind of defensively responsible uh forward so we'll take that um only a couple more left here we had uh mark letestu uh end up back in columbus through nashville and Pontus Aberg um, got traded uh, in this three-way. A lot of three-ways. Very promiscuous, <laughs> this trade deadline. Uh, Pontus Aberg ends up um, with the Oilers. I like Pontus Aberg a lot. Um, I like what he does for Nashville. He's missing the scoring touch that I think he needs. Yeah. But as a younger guy, uh, Edmonton needs wingers. They need to get rid of Lucic. Edmonton so. needs everybody. Can get yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's weird because, like, you know, Lucic obviously has not performed nearly what they expected of him yeah. uh, when they signed that big deal with him. So I think if you can, you know, you're not necessarily going to use Lucic. So maybe you end up using a few of these different guys and just see, yeah. you know, who you can get to fit. Um, so I feel like the Oilers um, win that side of it. Yeah. And Mark Letestu, um, it was expected that he was going to be going back to Columbus. He has a, a home, like a, a home that he's going to live in when he retires in Columbus. Yeah. Um, and he like loves the Columbus area. So it was rumored and he was uh, linked to there anyways. Another little minor deal, Brandon Bolleg and Troy Grosnick get traded from the San Jose Sharks to the Predators. Uh Candidly, I, I don't really care about nope. that trade at all. <laughs> at all. I know who Brandon Bullig is, but you know Nashville. It's not surprising. Like Nashville has a tendency to get some like rough and tumble type guys as you know fourth line type guys. Um, you know they were still putting Cody McLeod out there <laughs> last year, so it's not even surprising that they went that way. We talked about it already. The Blue Jackets acquired Ian Cole from Ottawa, and Ottawa was able to get. Um, a prospect, Nick Motri or Motre, however you say it, and a third round pick. That's a very obvious depth move for Columbus on defense. So I feel defense or that uh, you know their defense is short up a little bit. Um, and then we had uh, a pretty interesting trade with Ryan Hartman going from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Nashville Predators for a first round pick. Yeah. Chicago's are they rebuilding? Like, what do you think they're doing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's. 
it's always like a it's a fun time to get into the Predators organization. Yeah, um, sure is. So I'm excited to see what he does there, um, and I'm excited to see what that means for Chicago. Yeah, like these are these are boys that like like when we like we're back talking about the Red Wings and like how like you haven't seen a season like since you've been alive that the Red Wings haven't been in the playoffs. Yeah, and now we're on the brink of. Now seeing since we've been alive, the Blackhawks not being in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like, true. They need a paradigm shift. So this first round pick, like, fuck, they can get rid of anybody they want if they can get a first round pick. You know, like they need something to stir the pot. Yeah, I feel Chicago wins this bet far and away. Yeah. Like I like Ryan Hartman. He's a former first round pick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think he probably tops out as like a, you know, a middle six guy. Like he's not quite um, like top six material but he's not quite bottom either he's you know probably slotted somewhere in the middle yeah um yeah he's not performing how he should so yeah i mean based on what the expectations are for him i think it'll it'll vary a little bit um but as far as a first round pick goes for chicago i feel like you know they're not rebuilding in the traditional sense but they're able to get a uh a first round pick which is really fantastic for them um as a means to you know continue moving forward with it Absolutely. Uh, the next one that we've got, uh, which was a really kind of under the radar move, was Winnipeg acquiring Paul Stashny um, from the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis ends up getting a first round pick, uh, and uh, Eric Foley, who's yeah. a, a pretty high end prospect for Winnipeg. Um, I love this deal for St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis makes out huge on it. Yeah, and, and I do like for Winnipeg too. I'm, I'm probably split somewhere in the middle. We knew that Winnipeg was looking for uh, a center to add to their center depth, and yeah. I think um, Paul Stashny uh, he basically waived his no trade clause to go to cold, miserable winter, uh, peg. <laughs> um, but like all jokes aside, I think it's a really great move for St. Louis. We don't really know what St. Louis is and Peter Stashney's on an expiring contract. Yeah. So if they were able to get a pretty decent prospect and a first round pick, I feel like that was uh, a good move for them. Yeah. The next one is our boy Brendan Leipzig, former Toronto Maple Leaf, who is taken by the Golden Knights in the expansion draft. He goes back to Vancouver, where he's not from Vancouver, but he's a West Coast boy who played in Portland. So Philip Holm goes the other way. Not really a yeah, that's kind of the game. Kind of a one. wash for me. I feel like uh, Brendan Leipzig. Everything I've seen from him when he played for the Leafs briefly and then he played for the Marlies, I feel like um, it's a great move for the Canucks to get, you know, a couple of, of good winger prospects. Absolutely. Although Leipzig's almost aged out of a, of a prospect. A couple of ones I don't really care about. Two people I have no idea who they are, quite frankly. <laughs> Ryan Kujawinski and Jordan Maletta. Their last names are both cool. Next. <laughs> Next. Yeah, exactly. Check, please. Jason Chimera got traded to the Ducks for forward Chris Ragnar. Don't care. Um, Evander Kane. That's a pretty interesting one. That getting was a moved. Big trade. Yeah, getting moved from the Sabres to the Sharks. Um, I think the Sabres lose this trade no matter what. Yeah. Well, because they sold so low on Evander Kane. Yeah, like. I, well, I guess it was the wrong time to like unload him, like where they were sitting, in regards to like how they're performing this season. But like they should have just done it earlier when yeah. they could have got more for him. But they this is an example, you know, I wouldn't say a classic example, but somebody waiting until the very end yeah. to see if they can get anything. Well, they like they put all their chips in his basket, and it, right, and 
his basket was unfortunately spoiled by the organization, right? So it's well, and you know he's had some some off ice issues and stuff like that too. So you cannot, you, you know, you're not always getting the full understanding yeah. of you know why San Jose did this. Evander Kane obviously has had some uh, very real, very serious allegations uh, put towards him. Um, we don't really need to get into that too too much, but um, you know it wasn't a fit in Winnipeg, wasn't a fit in Buffalo. Although this year he's been you know doing pretty well uh, yeah. on the ice and 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 being an, an offensive force for that Sabres team which is you know, not surprisingly in the bottom of the standings yeah but I think the Sharks you know they, they benefit from a guy like Kane a goal scorer who can put up some goals the concern that I have is is that your it's a conditional first round pick and the condition is that it becomes a first round pick in 2019 if he re-signs with the Sharks yeah now the Sharks have all of this cap space with likely uh, Joe Thornton coming off the books as, as well as a couple of other contracts um in the summertime so you know, I don't think he re-signs there. It doesn't seem really like a landing spot for Kane long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if Buffalo is able to squeeze a first round pick out of San Jose for it, um, maybe I'd feel differently. But I yeah. feel like San Jose wins this trade far and away. Oh, absolutely. The next one um, is Thomas Vanek getting traded from Vancouver to Columbus for UC Jokinen and Tyler Mott. I don't want to get too into this because I'm just going to rant about the Canucks and their poor, poor, poor (laughs) asset management. Uh, The Canucks, this entire trade deadline, did not acquire any picks. No. That's what they need. Absolutely. So we're seeing, like, I like the Leipzig deal. I really do. Um, I don't know, like, UC Jokinen, great if you need him in in, uh, the shootout. Fantastic. (laughs) Tyler Mott, I'm not so high on. Like, I know he's been moved around a little bit as well. And Thomas Vanek, I think the Blue Jackets automatically win this trade because he's a guy that seems to get moved every deadline. Yeah. And we know that he's still a reliable um, offensive tool. The probably biggest steal of the entire trade deadline is uh, Thomas Tatar getting traded from the Detroit Red Wings for a first, a second, and a third. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I really don't like I know Vegas has the assets and it's a first in 2018, a second in 2019 and a third in 2021. And I know they have all these picks and I get that. I feel like this is a insane overpayment for a guy like Thomas Tatar. Oh, absolutely. I just like I feel like he's a great power play specialist and I think that there's some merit in what he does that way. And I don't even know if I'd call him a power play specialist, but we know that he can put the puck in the net. It's just, you know, it's he's expected to to come in on their third line, which yeah. is not anything yeah, like to write home about. Trading for, a one, two, and three for a third line is, like, insane. Yeah, it's just... Like, I'd trade him for two and three, maybe. Yeah, like the first... I think he's, a, like, Thomas Tatar is, like, worth a second-round pick to me. Yeah, and I'd say he's worth the third, too. I just can't, like, a first thrown into that for a team like Vegas. I know I'm going to probably eat my words when they win the Cup this year, but, (laughs) you know, they're still building. It's weird that the expansion team already sold off their first-round pick for the next draft, although they had three first-round picks last year, and I know that they have, you know, significant amount of picks. I don't know. I'm just not there on it. Well, they have draw now, though, so, like... 
I think the summer is going to be a different story for them. Yeah. Like, they're, like, one, they're Las Vegas, so just, like, automatically they're, like, a, like, they're an attractive organization. And then, two, the waves that they made this year, like, they can, they can throw stones at anybody they want, and, like, whoever they hit is going to follow, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, like, stupid trade, stupid trade, like, Detroit, like... (laughs) Yeah. Like, enormous for them. Yeah. So... Holland is just so thankful that he could pull that off somehow. Yeah. His uh, Little Caesars witchcraft. The one thing... (laughs) The other condition on the trade, too, is is that uh, if Thomas Tatar signs a a long-term deal in Vegas, um, basically, there will be Little Caesars going the other way. (laughs) So we'll just lots of hot and ready, lots of hot and readies, and don't forget the dip. Yeah. Uh, the next one, arguably the biggest trade, blockbuster trade of the deadline, was Ryan McDonough and JT Miller getting traded uh, from New York to Tampa Bay, uh, and or from sorry from let me try that again. The biggest trade by far, blockbuster trade, Ryan McDonough getting traded to the Lightning with JT Miller in tow. And then going back the other way was Vladislav Nemestikov, my favorite name ever to say in the NHL. A first round pick, a conditional second, and then prospects Brett Howden and Libor Hayek. Um, I'm nervous. (laughs) Well, I think Tampa Bay is the favorite to come out of the East for me. Yeah. Um, loading up, getting a guy like McDonough, who's probably going to play in the top four um, behind uh, Anton um, or, or Hedman, Victor Hedman. You know, you've got Strawman in that top four. You've got um, just a really, really deep defensive core. Um now, when you're adding a guy of McDonough's ilk, Nemesnikov going the other way, obviously such a huge part of that top line with Kucherov and uh, Stamkos. JT Miller, I think, probably slots in the top six as well. So it's yeah. almost if, if those two pieces are a wash. Yeah. Um, we also think, like, wonder if, like, Nemesnikov's going to bring, like, the firing power that, that you saw, like, Rick Nash declining in. Yeah, well, because I, I don't know if Nemestikov... Like, I'd rather have Nemestikov than Rick Nash. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. Like, with New York making the moves that they're doing, like, they're unloading, like, Rick Nash, who, like, going to be an unpopular opinion, maybe, but isn't worth what he was getting paid in New York. And they're yeah. unloading that space and then bringing in Nemestikov, and who they can pay less for and get way more out of. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that the two prospects that New York got, um, both decent prospects, like Brett Howden played on the Canadian World Junior team this year, um, and uh, Libor Hadjek, or I I don't quite know if I'm saying that right, um, is a a pretty, you know... um, pretty great defensive prospect and yeah. i think new york rangers right now we know they're rebuilding yeah um, oh they're I, making huge moves yeah and i i'm kind of psyched for them in a weird yeah. way because i like when a team is like the least did a few years ago said like you know there's pain coming uh, to use mike babcock's words <laughs> and it's great to see new york's like transparency as an organization and wanting to rebuild yeah. well, and that's, pulling like, the I, trigger on some of these big deals right well as soon as all of this kind of wrapped up i pulled my rangers jersey out of the closet there you <laughs> got go. excited to wear it next year love it 
Um, next trade, pretty minor league deal. Um, Greg McKegg makes his way from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Carolina Hurricanes for Josh Juris. Uh, I love Greg McKegg, one of my favorite Marlies of all time. And uh, probably the coolest parents when he was born. We will name him Greg McKegg. <laughs> Uh, next one, Joe Morrow gets dealt from the Habs to the Jets for a fourth-round pick. I like Joe Morrow. Yeah. Um, the Habs need, like... They need picks. Like, three to five, like you said, magic beans. Like, that could do something for the Habs. Yeah. It's worth the gamble for them, given their current state. And your friend Nick Shore, who came <laughs> from L.A., was not staking around very long. He got dealt to Calgary. Yeah. Um... We talked about him way longer than we needed to on the last episode, so we won't get into Nick Shore, but uh, great forward depth for Calgary as they move into it. Yeah. Um, I did like this move for the Canadians. They took on a gentleman named Mike Riley, yeah. who uh, used to play um, in Minnesota, and he ended up signing in Minnesota. He was a college free agent that was pretty hyped a few years ago. Um, and it would have been really funny if Mike Riley ended up playing with Morgan Riley. Yeah. Um, they spell Riley differently. So Mike Riley's R-E-I-L-L-Y. And Riley obviously spells it um, I before E. So that could have made for the funniest M. Riley uh you know, D partner <laughs> of all time. Uh, but that obviously didn't happen. Um, so I like that move for the Canadians. It's, you know, he's a 6'2 defenseman, pretty mobile with the puck, but it just, I don't think, was going to work out with so much depth that Minnesota has on their blue line. Yeah. Um, the next move I really liked as well, um, New Jersey getting Patrick Maroon, yeah. uh, who we talked Our about. Maroon. We like Maroon, <laughs> yeah. And he uh, is playing uh, for the Devils now, which is great. Third round pick and J.D. Dudek going back to uh, Edmonton. Um I like Patrick Maroon, so like to me, it's a win that New Jersey gets him. Yeah, well, I think it's a win on both sides. Like Edmonton needs, they need anything that they can get. Yeah, and like we said with the magic beans, maybe this one sprouts, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Tommy Wingles ends up in Boston for a conditional fifth round pick. When we were at hockey the other night, um, we've got a player that plays on our team uh, who has, is like a huge Bruins fan. He's got like the big spoked B tattooed on his forearm. And as he was leaving the rink the other night, he was like, Tommy Wingle scored one for us, eh? <laughs> and I was just like, holy fuck. Like, who cares? He just finished eating a cigarette. Yeah, ex- yeah <laughs> exactly. Love Tommy Shearer. Big fan. But anyways, he was really excited about the Wingle's acquisition. Chicago gets a conditional fifth whatever yeah um i feel like some of these trades like we're being yeah we're wasting each other's time by being (laughs) like oh who gives a shit there's a trade between arizona and nashville i literally don't know any of the players who cares and then last but not least ryan graves gets traded out of the new york rangers organization for uh uh defensive He's not really a prospect anymore. Chris Bigra, um, who uh, was drafted by Colorado a few years ago, uh, who at the time was a pretty highly touted pick, but has completely fallen off. Um, But maybe he'll have an opportunity in the Rangers organization based on what we've talked about. And that, my friend, is it. Thank you for listening to us ramble about some things that we cared about and some things we did not care about at all. But... Now that we've kind of got that out of the way, who is your winner of trade deadline? Um, who is the winner? 
Um, you have to pick one. I have to pick one? Yeah. Um, fuck. The, if we're going on uh, bargains alone, the Red Wings won on tar, uh, Tatar deal. Um, if we're going on mo- or like biggest biggest risks and moves for like future development, I got the Rangers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's no way that the Rangers didn't win trade deadline. Yeah. They were able to get some pretty decent pieces back. Yeah. Unload a couple of deals that weren't really going to go anywhere based on where they're at in the year. Yeah. The Rangers far and away win this trade deadline. Uh, they're firing all pistons. They like had such an efficient trade season. Like it was very good for New York. And like I said, I'm excited to see how they start to develop in the right direction. Yeah, and they've got some great depth coming up as well. Um, obviously, Elias Anderson, amazing. Um, he was the Swede who threw his silver medal into the crowd, which <laughs> is the sickest move ever. So I will always like that guy. Um, <laughs> and then they've got Heedle as well, who was another first round pick last year. Like we kind of saw this coming when they moved Ranta and uh, Stepin yeah. um, to the Arizona Coyotes. Like we knew that there was some, you know, shifts that were going to happen. And then but, they like blew up the bomb. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they still have some decent players. Like they still have Mika Zabinajad who I like a lot. Um, yeah. They've still kept Matt Zuccarello as well. They still have Hank. Yeah. And, and I think as far as I'm concerned, like if you have Henrik Lundqvist as a goalie, you are a con- like a contender. I, I want to say contender, but I stop myself because he is obviously on a bit of a decline. Yeah. But, um, you know, as long as you've got Hank, you know, anything yeah. could happen. He could go on a run and, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see. And, and we're already in a place now where the, uh, what a year does to a team is fascinating. Yeah. Like this time last year, you know, obviously the uh, New Jersey Devils won the trade lottery and were able to draft Nico Heischer. And that was a pretty big deal. However, we're also at a place now where like, you know, we have a franchise altering defenseman at Rasmus Dahlin waiting. Yeah. And one of my favorite days of the year is the year or is the day rather that we find out who wins the, uh, the, tr- the draft lottery, and I am fascinated to see where he ends up. And Absolutely. I'm sure we'll do a bit of an episode on that as well. Um, as we wind down, was there anything else that you you know wanted to talk about? I know this episode was going to be strictly on trade deadline, and next week we've got some friends coming on the show who we're going to be having a, a bit of a, a, a more targeted dialogue with and, and going yeah. through some stuff. But was there anything else on your mind? No, I don't think so. Like. I, like I said, just coming out of it, I'm excited to see what New York does. Like, when, like, to go back to quoting Bab- Babcock, like, there will be pain, but, like, it's a pretty, like, short-lived pain, I think, for New York. Like, I think at the right time of the season, they're taking a hit where they know they're already going down. Mm-hmm. Um, so summer's a lot of time, like, a, a lot of hockey that can be played, a lot of, de- lot of development and cohesiveness that can be grown over the offseason. Um, I think they're going to come out of the gate strong. So I'm going to, like I said with the Golden Knights at the beginning <laughs> of this season, I'm going to uh, not say that they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders, but I, they're definitely going to come out sprinting. Yeah. Um, I guess more so than any NHL team would um, like from the get-go this year. I think we're going to see something pretty special from the Rangers. All right. Mark it on your calendars, guys. Play in the parade. March 1st. Not the parade. Oh. Still playing the Vegas parade. That, one, that one's still going on. Ugh. But... <laughs> uh, the whole thing just makes me super 
stressed out. Because every every time they keep getting better, you have to think back to what I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and oh, interesting. We've actually got some breaking news as we wrap down the podcast here. As some of you guys know, Mike Green was not traded at the trade deadline. He did not get dealt. But it looks like he's been traded to Carter's bedroom. And <laughs> going the other way is a carton of DeMaurier light and a six-pack. All right. Bye, Chris. How'd it go? <laughs> All right, guys. All jokes aside, I think it was crazy that Mike Green didn't get dealt. Yeah, like with the right-hand premium and like just like what he has to offer, like that would have been the like the paradigm shifting move and like it's crazy and and i don't know if it's paradigm shifting necessarily but it's just crazy to me that that deal didn't shake out that i think was an oversight for detroit because i feel like you probably could have got you know you might have even got a first round pick for that's that's what i mean by paradigm shifting like he's he's such an attractive defenseman do you mean like how he plays or well I'll I'll leave that up to our listeners to decide. <laughs> no, uh, like in regards to like his output and now like with his age and like how he's come to um, like find a style like he's such an uh, like attractive like commodity. Yeah. Um, like they definitely could have got a first round pick where they absolutely need it. Yeah. So I yeah it was a huge oversight. I think it was just health concerns because he does not play the full season. Yeah. Um, historically, he's had a lot of health issues. Um, so I get that that may have scared teams off, but you know, when I look at even like Toronto's top four, like, you know, I know we arguably have guys like Mike Green, more offensive minded defensemen who are maybe not as defensively responsible. Yeah. But when I heard this, you know, rumor that, um, you know, the Leafs weren't even sniffing on him, like they weren't interested, but then other news that he didn't want to come to Toronto because he didn't want to be coached by Babcock. Well, I just like you, you, you like wonder why a team like who's a playoff contender like wouldn't want to like add someone like him into the mix. Or you'd think you know, unless you guys have some like getaway planned over the summertime, that he would have wanted to play into April, into May. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's the, like he could have made like he's going to be healthy for the playoff run. So might as well take the gamble on them at least for those, those few months. Right. And then offload him if you want to, but yeah, well, his contract expires, so it'll be a free agent, yeah. but you know, see who resigns him. I don't know. Does Detroit resign him? I don't know if that really makes sense based no, on where they're at. Absolutely not. So anyways, we'll see. But that uh, concludes our trade deadline episode. Thank you guys for listening and thanks for your patience. As I said, I know there was a, a bit of a gap um, in episodes. I'm sorry. Um, as always, you can listen to Hosers on iTunes and SoundCloud. Feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or leave a comment on SoundCloud if you are so inclined. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Listen to Hosers. We only have like 30 followers. It's pretty sad. We could use a few more if you don't mind. I'll do an Instagram story maybe or get my, my famous siblings too. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> they are famous. I'll give you that. Uh, and then if you're so inclined, you can follow uh, Carter and I on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at ckillingsworth9, and you can find Carter at Carter Lupel. That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.